What is up, comic bookie fans? Welcome back. We are back and better than ever. Or are we? Or are we not? Well, well, that doesn't matter. What matters is that we are here for episode 130. Again, a new week and new books and new sports to come right at you. As always, we get it started with some comics, new releases for new comic book day, Wednesday, 1027. Supply chain issues yet again for another publisher. We'll let you know what it is and what publisher that is. DC's Batgirl HBO Max movie reveals their latest star, Margot Robbie, gets denied. The mouse has squeaked at some rumors about spinning off the worldwide leader in sports. And an older favorite is coming back. It's a reboot. A tragic event in a New New Mexico movie set. And box office winner this weekend. We'll let you know and more. On the sports side, the World Series has started in Houston. Who's going to get it done? Winners and losers of the NBA's first week. The EPL's Northwest Derby becomes a trouncing. We'll let you know what the score and what teams. Will the paperclip at Martinsville keep Kyle Larson attached to winning? Or will we see some other parody? And as always, the pigskin. One of the comic bookies is finally above 500 in our mini contest picks. And we'll talk about that as we review some football. So hang on tight. This is episode 130, and we're glad to be back with you guys. And welcome back as that music starts to fade away in the background. Who is not fading away is myself, Mark, and my co-host here, Sean. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Comic Bookies podcast. This is episode 130, as always, brought to you by Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. You can always check them out at TI Comics on social media. You can send them an email, treasureislandcomics.com. You could... Go there in Fremont if you live close in the Bay Area or just take a flight over here. It's the best comic book shop around. But nonetheless, let's get at it. Sean, welcome back, brother. How are you this week as your beautiful uh, baby shower has just uh, ended over the weekend and we approach November getting colder, had a huge storm here in the Bay Area. But uh, life has been pretty good so far, man. How are you this week, brother? Doing good, bro. I feel like I'm still recovering from the baby shower, man. It was a good time. Family, friends, good food, good vibes. Yeah, it was a great time. Now it's more just the setting up and cleaning up, man. We got nothing but gifts laying around, diaper boxes, so just a lot of organizing. But no, nah, I can't complain, bro. Everything is good. You're right. We did have that huge storm, perfect for just lazy, stay-at-home sweats weather, but... Other than that, man, yeah, the times have changed definitely slowly approaching the end of October. November is upon us and, you know, things are good, bro. How you doing? Yeah, yeah, we definitely had that trifecta on Sunday with the the, with all the rain. It was just they said it was one of the top. I think Sacramento, the state's capital here in California, I believe that I heard that they got the most record on date recorded since uh, I think the mid or mid or 1990 or 1940s or 30s or something but man like five inches i think san francisco had top five uh ever recorded since the gold rush in uh inches accumulated of of rain so lord knows we need it 
you saw that we had a Actually, uh, Mike sent us that. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, Mike cannot be here today. Uh, hopefully, we'll have him back next week or in the next couple weeks. He's attending to some personal issues, so uh, we hope to hear from him and get him back on as soon as possible. But yeah, he did send us that that uh, tweet of the what did it say? Tahoe restored. Yep. Just that one storm, like fifty oh, yeah. billion it's gallons. Snowing in certain places, man. It's crazy. And yeah, that's good. That's really, really good for the for the snowpack and for uh the drought that we're actually going through here in the in the state. So but yeah, man, uh yeah, definitely it was fun at your baby shower. Pretty crazy. Get to see guys like your brother. I don't really see that often. Get to see uh, the Filipino side of your family. But nonetheless, dude, it was great. And congratulations for that. Now it just starts to get real, man. It's uh, planning and the baby's going to be here soon. What's the due date again, brother? Uh, December 1st, bro. December, December 1st. 1st. Man, it feels man, like right, right around there. the corner. Yep. So, man, one month away. Hope everything goes good from now until then. And then obviously uh, during, uh, you know, birth and everything. But yeah, dude. With me, been good. Looking forward to Halloween coming up here. Mm-hmm. Some uh, spooky vibes, kind of, you know, not great that it's on a Sunday night, you know, obviously not being a huge holiday in this country. So got to go to work. I know it's funner when there's not COVID and it's funner when it's on a Friday or a Saturday. But Sunday, you know, for the kids, I'll be enjoying it with my daughter. I'm sure you'll be enjoying it as well. Mike also. So, uh We'll see, man. But it's coming up here Sunday, which is also my dad's birthday. So shout out to my dad with his birthday coming up here this weekend. Mr. Fagundes, shout out That's for it. sure. Happy birthday. That's it. Happy birthday. But um, yeah, man, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? I guess we can kind of get into it with some new books and some comic news to start mm-hmm. off the episode 130. Let's go, so, brother. Fire away with them books. I know we got them. Right. So new comic book. Wednesday, which is today. You guys will be hearing it. This will be getting released on Wednesday, 1027. We are recording this actually on Tuesday, so you'll actually hear us talk about some World Series events coming up later on in sports that have already happened. But nonetheless, let's get into some comics here, as always, as we always do. From DC, we got Detective Comics 1044, Robin number 7, Wonder Girl 4, Harley Quinn 8 for me, DC versus Vampires number 1, just to name a few. On the Marvel side, Amazing Spider-Man 77, Daredevil, Kevin Durant with that 35, Moon Knight, Derek Carr 4, Wolverine 17, Star Wars, Darth Vader, 17. And from AWA, as always, one of our favorite small publishers at the moment, Majori Finnegan, Temporal Criminal 6, and Mots 5. From Aftershock, we got Cross to Bear 1. From Image, with some news coming up on them, by the way, a little bit later, we're giving you Crossover 9, Oblivion Song, 34, Ice Cream Man, 26, Time Before Time 6 for me, The Good Asian number 6, and that Texas Blood Lucky number, yo, 11 for me as well. From Boom, we're getting Once and Future 21, Firefly 33, and Dark Blood 4 for all of us at the Comic Bookies Podcast. And from Source Point Press, shout out Mr. Jason Douglas that had a great con in Baltimore over the weekend for Source Point Press and himself as well. But we're getting Unborn 2 winchester mystery house one just to name a few so sean let me know brother anything from this list kind of 
I mean, I think I'm getting about six to seven books um, this week from my pool. But um, unless there's something that I forgot that I pulled that I'm getting via previews because that happens to me all the time. I almost forget that I ordered something and yet there it shows up in my stack. But anything that you're looking forward to, anything that you have read, that you want to read, that you're excited, that you pulled, let's get into some comic book talk, brother. Definitely, my man. I mean, before getting into the books that we have read from the previous weeks, I mean, two outstanding books I'm looking forward to this week. Of course, that Boom Studios Dark Blood number four. Of course, we're excited for that. And that Image Comics Made in Korea number five. That's when I know you got and I started jumping on and bro, I'm loving that book. So, yeah, those are probably two of the top books I'm 100 percent excited for. Uh, going to last week's book, uh, I know we got a handful of books that we both read, and I probably got to start with the one book that's definitely still on the show for me, Eat the Rich number three. It's wild, bro. I mean, I admit the whole thing about them being cannibals, that, that ain't flying with me, man. That's a little crazy, but it is really interesting that, like, these people in the book kind of feel like they have like that hierarchy, their own organization. So they're kind of just, you know, the way they even like express it into weird traditions, like they hire all these people that sign contracts and they know what they're in for. Pretty much you get paid good, you get benefits, but at the end of your contract, you're probably going to get killed and come to find out, you know, they're freaking eating them. So eat the rich, huh? Hence the title. It's crazy, man. Yeah, but maybe it's the title saying something, forwarding something in a way. Uh, by, by the way, this book is by Sarah Gailey and P.S. Bach. We've talked about this one uh, consistently for three three issues already, mm-hmm. but it's via Boom Studios. And yeah, it's really, really good, man. I really am uh, enjoying it right now. But, you know, they're not actually eating the rich. They are the rich, you know. So are they going to cannibalize each other coming up here? You know, is that like a little... Uh, <laughs> prelude in the in the title to what can happen in this book but yeah you know obviously the girlfriend finds out you know she's tripping man (laughs) man you you would yeah this book is pretty much just centered around her you know she's snooping around the mom catches her and now she's you know basically man you know almost like hypnotizes her right to eat some like human meat and now it's basically at the end of this you know, issue, it's basically <laughs> ends with her saying like, oh, now you pretty much need this. It's pretty much like um, medicine, you know, to survive and whatnot, which is uh, pretty crazy, man. It's I, I kind of enjoy it. It's kind of uh, reminds me of kind of some like conspiracy stuff going on in our country with regarding other things as well. But, um, yeah, it's kind of a. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I I enjoy it. I don't know exactly how many uh, issues it's going to be, but this is actually one that I do do like, man. I had a brainwashing it. You, you definitely said the perfect word to describe it. Yeah, the girlfriend, she's kind of like, what the hell is going on? And, you know, the mom, she's kind of trying to make it seem like, oh, it's normal. That's how we are. That's our traditions. You got to buy into it, especially if you like uh, her boyfriend. You know, she loves her boyfriend the way she does. I don't know, man. Yeah, I would really like it. I say it in a negative way, but it's kind of just like, man, this girl is so brainwashed and she's just falling right into like their trap, like accepting what they do. So, no, I think number three opened up a lot of doors, but now I'm really excited for number four into what's going to happen because I think you know, we need that little pot twist, plot twist. So we'll see what happens. 
Yeah, I'm trying to see how many issues it's going to be because I don't think it's only going to be four. To me, it doesn't have the likings of its finishing in one more issue. Mm -hmm. But I'd say it's probably at least five or six. That'd be good. But let's get into some Batman, man. So, or actually, yes. let's, you want to save that one, or you want to talk about the Flash, man? Ah, uh, man, you brought up Batman already, you know. Fear State, bring yeah, in. Fear State. It's been cool. It's been cool, man. I definitely like uh, the aspect of seeing the almost like the connection of uh, Scarecrow and Mister Sean Mahoney. Obviously, you know <laughs> he's brainwashing them and trying to make them think that what he's doing is good and stuff, but. That stuff's crazy, man. I mean, Scarecrow, that's the word. You know, first time I was introduced to him was in the Batman Christian Bale movie. And you're seeing what he does in, obviously, this issue. And it's kind of like the same thing. You know, he has, obviously, the toxin that freaking manipulates people and gets them all twisted up. And he just manipulates just as much as all these other characters. Yeah, and you you got Saint, you got the the guy that you know started all this, the peacekeeper or the magistrate and all that, and Mahoney, and he, I mean, he's tripping right now. He's getting calls from the mayor. He doesn't know what to do. You know, he's got he's got his guy basically kidnapped by uh, Jonathan Crane, the doctor that put him on that table, and now he's gonna, you know, I don't, I, I think he's trying to use what Saint Industries did, but kind of. War or you know use his own toxin on him, kind of make make him like a double a double edged sword, if you will. Oh, right? for sure, like, both of them. Mm -hmm. So, but now you know what I'm excited about is because I guess if you read comic books long enough, you know even if you start off what two and a half three years ago, like you and I did, Mike a little bit longer, but uh, if you start off and you read long enough, you're obviously going to be introduced to characters that you've always heard of, but you've never really read a story with them in. And in this book, they're starting to really, really bring along Poison Ivy, Sean. Yes, they, this was the breakthrough, bro. This specific issue is for sure the breakthrough. And with Poison no, Ivy, yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I know she's uh, in, uh, man, what, what do they call it? Something Alley. Oh, my God. She's under. She's underneath. She's underneath he, Gotham. She's, she's under Gotham. The, I forgot what the hell they call it. Something Alley or something like that. I know they said it in the issue, and I completely forgot. But you definitely see they're starting to just show her a lot more. And I'm definitely trying to – I'm waiting to see when they're going to kind of come together, when she's going to basically start showing face. Right now it's kind of like two – not two separate stories in one, but they kind of have the little focus on obviously – the magistrate, Saint, and all that, Batman, and then you got obviously uh, Poison Ivy underground. So we want to see how that comes together. Hopefully, in the next issue or two. And now you got the magistrate coming after her. That's basically mm -hmm. how the issue ends because someone gave a tip to to Saint Industries that she can kind of tear the whole city apart from underneath. You know, with her uh, roots and whatnot. So, I mean, I think Poison Ivy's a little bit more powerful than even I was that even I Man. knew about. Right. So, like I said, haven't really gotten too much Poison Ivy in the, you know, in the comic short comic book life that I've lived thus far since this podcast <laughs> has been alive. But, you know, excited to see. I definitely hope that number 116 offering from batman is a little bit better uh tanya might have taken a little vacation on this issue but i think <laughs> at sometimes i guess you have to to kind of set up your story going into you know the whole 
you know, now that Crane has captured Mahoney and now that the magistrate is after Ivy, I definitely uh, expect 116 to be a much better offering. But like I said, I've been enjoying maybe Detective a little bit more than I have from Tamaki than I have been enjoying uh, Batman and whatnot. But um, nonetheless, two great offerings and uh, excited for the next one, though. Sean. Do you want to talk about Flash right now? Do I give do you have any Marvel you want to go through? I feel like we always short Marvel, but sometimes, uh, uh, you know, they deserve it on this podcast. But you got any other Marvel you want to I hit did on or- get a Marvel. I didn't read it yet. It was Thor. I was actually planning on reading it today. Didn't have a chance to. I know this upcoming week I get Darth Vader. So I do for next week. I got some Marvel. But this week I did not have any Marvel, unfortunately. Not much Marvel for me either, Sean, except this Captain America I'm going to talk about Mm -hmm. real quick. But I mean, at least next week, at least you and hopefully Mike is back. You and I will at least have Moon Knight 4 to talk about as that is coming out. We'll review that one. Hopefully it gets picked up a little bit better as well. I think me and you can agree on that, that uh, hopefully it doesn't get dropped because I don't like dropping Marvel as much because I I don't read much Marvel as it is. So, uh. But let's get into this Captain America, the United States of Captain America. Kind of it was a cool story and I'm bringing it up. I haven't really talked about it on the weekly, but I think it should get a little bit of a mention because it was pretty good here. It is written by Chris Cantwell. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think that, man, I mean, Captain America, it was pretty much a great name for what it was really portraying because this writer kind of really brought the whole feel of what's really going on now in these days in this country, you know, with the whole, the whole like LGBTQ and the whole like, like rights movements and whatnot. It's really kind of portrayed in these five issues, but pretty much, you know, it all started with his shield getting stolen by this, uh, by this, by this group of uh, like militants. And then you have basically these other, group that are like underground kind of like a bow fam but not really but kind of mm-hmm. like an underground wannabe captain america like society that they kind of they're under the moniker of uh, of captain america and they like wear the colors and they try to do good but not as good and they all kind of end up getting together fighting back getting the shield back and uh you know it's a, it's a pretty cool story man i i i did enjoy it but um, don't don't know if I you know the, the for me the characters when it comes to Marvel like you're reading Thor Thor's a decent character you know Hulk's a decent character I'm gonna be actually getting kind of a sequel to this which is gonna be uh, Iron Man and Captain America mm-hmm. which I got from previews which is gonna be coming up here uh, soon and you know Iron Man is a pretty decent character for me but I just for me, sometimes the characters with that Marvel, they just don't really jive with me as much. But I don't know, man. I think Cantwell, Chris, might have uh, sold me a little bit on these Captain America books, man. Let's see how this one coming up with Iron Man goes, you know. And I, I might be down and maybe start pulling a little bit mm-hmm. more of Captain America because don't know uh, too much about Mr. Steve Rogers. But uh Always down to learn, man. That's what we're here to do on this podcast. I'm I'm growing. Obviously, uh, Mike is more the aficionado when it comes to all this, but we're learning as well. And I'm down to, you know, read more Marvel and always get closer to new characters. So we'll see. But that was just a little 
breakdown of the book that I just read that just ended in this fifth issue in the United States of Captain America, guys. If uh, if you guys want to pick it up, not too bad, man. It was kind of like a little 80th anniversary of Captain America, a little special thing that they did, and I really enjoyed it. So uh, let's get into some Flash real quick, man, to kind of round out the comic book talk and get into some news. But what did you like about Flash? Flash was dope, bro. Seen a whole bunch of different villains. Uh, it was crazy because in the beginning, I know like in the, uh, it starts off with Superman trying to like pick up that like the like, they call it, like the glaive, 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 yeah, glaive type of thing. And I was like, what the hell is this and stuff? And you start seeing the effects that it had on everybody. Like everyone was going crazy. And you know, Flashlight, he was just pissing everybody off. But I mean, they were just basically the being force is about to happen. Yeah, bro. And he started he was being basically was being affected by this type of thing. So. No, it felt like a little like action packed to a degree. There was like a little something behind the story. I love seeing all the different villains, especially, you know, Grodd was in there a little bit, Gorilla Grodd. You know, a small little, almost want to call it a little Superman cameo in the very beginning. So, not yeah, yeah it was. That's, that's exactly what it was. The yeah. little cameo. It was good, though, overall. I liked good. it. That was good. The little cameo. They talk a little, a little smack back and forth to yeah. each other. I liked it, though. But what did you, man, you know what I really enjoyed about this whole issue was the Mr. Terrific, man. The mm-hmm. Michael Holt, man. Michael Holt, just, uh, I love, I love how, uh, I love how Jeremy Adams, the writer right now of uh, Flash, I just loved how he kind of was showing Mr. Michael Holt as being such a nice guy when he first hired Wally West to go work at the laboratory, you know, and then all of a sudden you get to this issue and he's treating him like shit. And now, you know, get, tell him to get back to work. And then he tries to end him, right? Pretty crazy how it all, how that, how that all went down. Oh, for sure. Even like, I mean, it, you know, Wally's definitely kind of created that reputation where he kind of goes to work and leaves as he pleases. And I think obviously that people are kind of affected with the effects of the glaive type thing that's going on. But I think they were like, uh, it's like when they say like drunk thoughts or, you know, it, it's really sober, you know, it, it's all honest truth. And when the people were like saying like, oh, well, you just come to work when you want and leave when you want. Well, they're not lying. I mean, <laughs> he is a flash. So, yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> right. And, and, and you know, I, I don't like that. Speaking of the character I just mentioned earlier with Poison Ivy, I mean, Michael Holt here, Mr. Terrific Fair Play. This is another character that I'm not really too familiar with. I think that maybe even the maybe the first or second, uh, in, uh, you know, encounter that I had with this character was in strange adventures, right? The one that just ended, you know, by Tom King in black label, but another great story as well. But I, that was kind of my first, you know, knowing of him and how he was so smart in that book, right? Like all these calculation in his head, you can ask him all these history questions from like <laughs> the 1600s and Rainy he would X, know man. it, right? He's just a super duper prodigy. But that man, that's another guy that I wouldn't mind seeing a, a story about him or even if it's like a little mini series, but kind of focused about him, you know, I'd be kind of excited to kind of get to that, know that character a little bit more because uh, maybe when Mike gets back on, I'll ask him. What's uh, the ins and outs or the story or I have to look it up myself. But, uh, yeah, I enjoy Mr. Holt and whatnot. But, yeah, Flash, he's uh, uh he kind of got himself as always into some some mess. But he the got normal. The, huh? The normal. Always getting himself in a mess. And then this guy comes. Who is he that he comes and takes that javelin out and uh, he kind of tries to 
get he tries like, to uh, some vampire something vampire or something yeah, like that. Then, yeah yeah so the vampire but i thought it was a new character at some point Starbreaker, but i guess it's not because he says oh don't you remember i this and that and then he obviously loses like his power because the javelin or whatever doesn't wield all the power that he needs it to and nonetheless uh here it is with uh flash going to uh going to have to uh, who's this guy the fate the sorry i'm no, looking through, I'm, I'm looking through the book right now and i was trying to think of exactly how it ended um i uh, it's uh taking it to like a little uh time travel to uh, again like a little portal type thing oh yeah that's right with like yeah. that prince looking sign that's mm-hmm. right the prince mm-hmm. looking sign shows yeah. up and he goes through it gets pulled in through it and now the less here he is back and having to save the world right, guys. back to it same thing <laughs> <laughs> right that's so, right yep the fate of the universe lands in your uh, lands in your hand and now he's got the javelin in his hand so he's gonna have all the power going into issue 775 uh, there it so, is sorry 7076 that was 70 ladies and gentlemen that was the flash the fastest man alive and uh that book just it goes by me so you know i read it i wish i could read it as fast as as he kept running right but uh, <laughs> nah so sean man if you got any other books if you got any other ones you no, want to talk reading about wise man that that definitely focused on the books i wanted to talk about again this week i know we got some really good books uh those couple of marvel books thor from this week star wars from or darth vader for next week and yeah man made in korea and dark blood we'll definitely have some good conversations next week for sure so let's get into some news man what do you do you have anything i have a couple stuff here um i think one of the biggest ones was a supply chain issue, man, that I heard here for Image Comics. I mentioned it in the in the intro, and man, kind of sad for you know the industry. Not too sad, but pretty much if you don't get your books on time, you're gonna be kind of screwed, man. Because Image has pretty much announced here, guys, that you know because of COVID nineteen and all the supply chain and all the restraints, they're saying here that Image for the foreseeable future. There will be no second printings of any titles. So that's kind of big, man. Sean, you said that you think maybe Marvel is doing that with some of their books. Uh, Yeah, I don't know if they're doing it with all their books, but I do recall maybe like one or two months ago, there was a book I asked Alex about, and he says, oh, they're not doing a second printing. And I mean, it was, like I said, a couple months ago. I don't recall if it was just for that book or maybe just all Marvel books. But I mean, either way, I mean – the supply chain issues are real and it's affecting a lot more than what people think. I mean, especially obviously the comic book world. I mean, that's pretty wild, bro. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, I, I just think that there's so many times that I, even Alex, sometimes he doesn't have, he runs out of a book and, you know, I'll take a second printing. Obviously I don't think that all these, what like 1% or even less than that of these books are even really worth anything. So it's just uh, it kind of sucks that if you miss one and you're not just trying to collect it or whatnot, that you really can't get it again because, you know, I, I don't even know how they base that because I feel like there's some books that would probably be so big that they would want to have a second printing. Right. I mean, a second printing equals more money to them. Mm-hmm. So but yeah, image wants to go this way. They probably figure that 
not enough paper, not enough ink to go around. <laughs> and even if there was, it's probably not worth the hassle, the extra cost it's going to cost them. And you don't and you know what, man, it could be a good thing because obviously they might have to pass those costs onto the consumer that already picks up the, you know, the first the first printing. And I know and you guys know the listeners that we don't want to see those, the, you know, those inflation costs being passed on to the consumers as, you know, comic books used to be 10 cents. And now we're paying four or five dollars for them, guys. So uh, congratulations to Image to do what they have to do for their business and their business model. So uh, going to suck if you got if you don't get it. So make sure you guys tell your comic book shops to get your image books on pool list for sure, man. So getting into some other news, we got DC's Batgirl. She is going to be having a new counterpart in Brendan Fraser. That's mm-hmm. right, ladies and gentlemen. Brendan Fraser has been cast for the upcoming film, which makes its debut on HBO Max streaming service. He is going to be known as – I had it right here. He's going to be playing actually – Firefly, which I know nothing about, but he's going to be next to Barbara Gordon and uh, uh, James Gordon, and he's going to be in the new show, man. Sean, you know anything more than I don't? I just kind of came across the snooze. I came across that same thing. I don't know if it was yesterday, maybe even earlier today. Yeah, it was pretty vague just seeing like, oh, okay, Brendan Fraser. You know, I haven't seen that guy since The Mummy or something like that, (laughs) but (laughs) Yeah, no, pretty vague. I don't have any, any additional details, but yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Another no name, obviously. We'll see how he does, see how that series goes. Should be pretty good. Yeah, we'll see. We'll probably have a little uh, review for you guys uh, when we watch it. Gonna be, huh? We definitely will. We definitely will. I mean, it's not a series, right? It's a movie, so it's yeah, a film. It a movie. You're right, you're right. So I'm kind of, I mean, that, and it seems like it's going to be only on HBO max streaming service so they're i mean obviously they don't think it's big enough or it would gross enough at the box office i'm surprised that they didn't just make it into kind of a show and kind of string it along but nonetheless it is going to be a film and we'll see how brendan fraser does alongside uh leslie grace and uh jk simmons which is going to be playing commissioner james gordon and actually jacob sapio um in an unroll in an unknown role, it says here from comicbook.com. So we'll be looking forward to that. Um an old show is getting a reboot, Sean. The Wonder Years. Have you heard about that? Ah, uh, you know, I heard about it about twenty minutes ago when you brought it up to me. <laughs> you mean twenty you mean thirty years ago? <laughs> crazy, man. It's been that long. Right? I mean, this show ran what was it? I think on ABC uh it was it ran from 1988 until i believe 1993 this time it's going to be based uh in montgomery alabama so it's getting the whole shift it's going to be based around a american uh, african-american family in the 1960s in the south so kind of cool man you know i think that a lot of these reboots don't really live up to what people expect them to be So, in my opinion, I don't find it really bad that they kind of switched it all up, you know, and went with the, you know, with a different theme because Mm -hmm. I don't feel like these reboots really get as much steam as they should. So, if you want to, 
you know, try something different with the same name, you know, why not go ahead? It's not like, you know, it's not like this was, you know, Batman or, you know, something that you're completely switching up. The wonder years, you know, it had its five year run. It was good. We remember it as kids, but nonetheless, uh, they're switching it up here going to Montgomery, Alabama with the African-American family and your thoughts being the African-American co-host on this comic bookies podcast, Sean. You already know, bro. No, I think it's good. I mean, I think what you said is actually very true. It's always hard to do a reboot from something that is older. I mean, with the exception of like new movies, I mean, they're always doing reboots with new technology and stuff. But for shows specifically, it's almost a good thing that they kind of change the aspects, the dimensions of it. And this, you know, obviously the culture from, you know, a white family to an African-American family, the location, the times of the show, whatever it may be. So, no, I mean, definitely attracts a new crowd as well. So, hey, it's a reboot, man. You know, you'll never know until you actually watch it and see how good it's going to be. But I think it's a good little thing they got going. Yeah, definitely. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I personally don't think it's going to have jaw-dropping numbers, but nonetheless, uh, respect to everybody involved mm-hmm. in the making of it, and hopefully it does better than I anticipated it to, right? So uh, everybody, watch out for that. And um, yeah, another news and events that we got. Man, the squeaky, squeaky little mouse, Sean. Did you hear that DIS Disney Incorporated is rumors actually coming out this week that they are thinking about um they're thinking about actually spinning off the worldwide leader in sports and ESPN man and us being you know the comic bookie podcast here where we uh talk about sports and comics kind of is right down our alley man so what do you think what are your thoughts on Disney possibly getting rid of you know spinning off or selling off uh espn well i think what you said earlier if that's the reason it's the only thing that makes sense if just money wise obviously people cutting the cord ends up being more of an expense and something that's profitable i mean it is espn it's obviously the biggest sporting network i mean it seems like at least so you know disney's disney bro seems like they own half of anything almost everything they're making so much money uh, money off their movies. So I think it just goes back to money. Uh, if they're not losing money and it's not that big of, I guess, a uh, debt in their wallets, I don't know why they would sell it. But on the other hand, you know, if there's certain stresses, certain things that we don't know. Financially, it doesn't make sense. Because, I mean, at that level, that's, what it's, that's all it's really about, I think, at that point. When you have that kind of money, you could own any and everything. You know, if it's not a headache owning it and again it isn't putting much of a damper in your wallet with the people cutting the cord you know espn having to cut ties with how many news anchors over the past 10 years you know we'll see what happens bro yeah and i mean as much by you saying that actually sean because we actually talked about this a little bit in pre-production i'm kind of contrary of you i can tell that you've never been a business owner neither have i but i can tell you damn near or damn straight that these damn businesses, when they don't see profits coming in, they start to, you know, trim the fat. Right. And I think that ESPN has been a lot of fat for them. Right. You know, I think that ESPN, the, you know, they don't own, they don't own. And I actually, you know, I've heard, I heard about this story during the week last week 
it kind of got brought to light again as I got the update right before this podcast. Seth Everett, which is a friend of the show, and we've had him on. Mm-hmm. He actually came out with his podcast, Sports with Friends, and that's what the topic is actually about this week. So you guys check him out, Seth Everett, Sports with Friends, great podcast as well. But he talked about it, you know, and um, you know, a pretty cool topic. But you know, cable, whether you like ESPN or not, but if you're a cable subscriber, you're paying ten dollars a month. You know, ESPN is getting ten dollars a month from cable subscribers, you, you know, to be up and running. And I think that with everything that ESPN that's happened lately, you know, with uh, the NBA and the whole, you know, woke sports, you know, I don't I'm Disney could actually be tied to that as well. Obviously, they own them. But I think that in my opinion, I think that it might be better if both these entities are actually, you know, separate from each other. I think that maybe the sports world can get away and kind of. You know, obviously, we know people have kind of turned away from sports. A lot of people stopped watching. They feel, you know, as much as we talk crap about LeBron for not sticking up for China and saying shut up and dribble. But that's kind of how we feel about our athletes here. You know, the same way we're kind of telling our athletes to just shut up and dribble and, you know, just, you know, play ball. Kind of we complain about how our athletes here have been getting too politicized and talking about Obviously, with the Kyrie Irving stuff going on right now and Mr. Floyd Mayweather with his great written read, read out letter on social. I, actually, I love that. I love how I love how uh, how Floyd Mayweather to get off topic for a second here. I love how Floyd Mayweather comes on social media for a for a message for Kyrie Irving. And the first thing he says is, you know, I was going to make a post on one of my accounts, you know, but I thought that I'd probably say it to you to your face first, you know, and then. He goes about putting it on social media anyway. On a public post, yeah, it was it was a good one. On a public post, so you just said what you weren't gonna do, but nonetheless, man, I think that the NBA kind of maybe getting spun off from from Disney and Disney getting spun off from them. I think that it could actually be good for both parties involved. I think that Disney, with all that they own, don't know if they need to really be involved in you know sports you know they got their whole other entertainment getting marvel getting star wars i just think that you know i think that it it, kind of makes sense i think that with sports you know espn doesn't own you know monday night football the rights to the you know they don't own the nfl rights to monday night football they just basically like lease it out on a on a contract you know for every five six whatever years ten years whatever their contracts are you know, these contracts are just going to keep getting more and more expensive. You know, mm-hmm. Amazon Prime, I think it's going to yep. be picking up Thursday night football starting next year. You know, dude, I mean, this whole landscape of entertainment and how we consume it is completely changing. And, you know, if Disney, if that's what the little mouse has to do to align themselves better for the future for them and their shareholders, and for you guys like you and Mike that like to visit the damn park like three times a year <laughs> and that those costs don't get uh, put on you guys. Sure. I mean, uh, I think Disney and the CEO got, you know, decisions to be made. But like I said, they're just rumors right now. That's my opinion. I think it would probably be good for both of them to be two separate entities. But uh, I don't know. That's just my thoughts, John. We'll see what happens, bro. Uh, I definitely actually agree with a lot of things you're saying. And it. 
it's ESPN. You know, they're a freaking huge, huge organization in themselves. So there definitely gonna be some challenges in owning them, being an even bigger entity in Disney. So to what you said, you know, if they are making money and again, you know, you gotta trim some fat, ESPN. You again you could just see what's happened over the past couple of years with new shows, people the the big names being dropped. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if they sold them. Definitely wouldn't. Although you think they should keep them, but uh, I we'll mean, see. I think it all just comes down to that. It's the stuff that we don't know. I mean, so who would buy them? Uh, who knows, bro? I, that's a question. It's ab- above my pay grade. I, I don't know. They as long as I, I wouldn't care. That's the thing. I think more importantly, I wouldn't care. ESPN's gonna ESPN anyway, so I just wouldn't care as long as they have sports. They go completely opposite, and Fox buys them. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> right? But no, man, yeah, we'll see. You guys stay tuned to that. That would obviously be a, a big, uh, huge event in news and in, uh, in, in the business world, guys. So uh, we'll see what happens there, man. You got any other? Uh, you got any other news events that you want to talk about, Sean? Yeah, I'll bring up a couple things uh, real quick before we transfer uh, over to sports. Uh, I know the new Dune movie came out. Uh, I know they're trying to say it's like a modern, futuristic Star Wars type movie, which I did uh, have a chance to. Yeah, you know, exactly. It has some, you know, big time actors in it. It was super, super slow. I will say that. I mean, they had, of course, their fighting scenes considering it was over a two and two hour and like 20 minute movie like it was decent it was one of those weird ones that it was super slow but story-wise like it was all right and you already had a feeling they were gonna have a part two i'm sure that'll you know so just I'm, a lot of dialogue is what you're saying there was a lot of dialogue there was a lot of dialogue and not and enough action you about that action buff gotta have that action you know but they did green light uh a second movie at number two so Something, I guess, you know, people to look out for and obviously watch the first one. I think they said the next one will come out in like October 2023, I want to say. So still obviously a lot of time uh, until then. And then good old uh, Bill Murray, everyone's uh, favorite friend, Bill Murray, is going to be joining the cast in the Ant-Man and the Wasp. Now, how big his role is going to be, I don't think it's going to be that big. But hey, you know, it is Bill Murray. Everyone loves Bill. So that's pretty cool. Uh, to what you said, Margaret Roby. Harley Quinn gets dumped from a Birds of Prey sequel, which I don't think is a surprise to anybody. I know many people (laughs) were not (laughs) the most uh, fond of her movie. Uh, She plays a good, you know, obviously Harley Quinn, but the movie itself, I mean, I watched it myself, wasn't the best. Kind of is what it is. Suicide Squad just trumped it, right? (laughs) That's for damn sure. And then uh, Hayden Christensen. Awesome, awesome Darth Vader. He will be returning for Star Wars, the Ahsoka series. So not sure, you know, where in the timeline they're going to be at. He probably won't be Darth Vader yet. And again, maybe he will be. Either way, it is Star Wars related. So it's at least news to me and I like it. So, yeah, we'll definitely be getting Hayden Christensen back. I think he's also going to be in the Obi-Wan show. So he'll be doing both of those, which will both be, I believe, live action. So, yeah, news-wise, brother, that's about it. And one last thing to just end out the news and entertainment talk, guys. Kind of a sad story here. I'm sure everybody has heard it already. Uh, Alec Baldwin, guys, on the set of – I forgot what the movie is. It starts with an R. I can't get it. Rush or something? Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure. It's something with an R, but 
Alec Baldwin, man, your thoughts on the scary crow event that uh, took Mr. Uh, Lee's life and, you know, back in the 90s, just as kind of uh, obviously the star of the movie or whatever, you know, wasn't wasn't murdered. But, man, what a crazy event. What, you know, tragic event for I it was a director of photography. Was, yeah, the some, photography director, photography director. Someone else, I think, got grazed or injured as well. Just uh, pretty crazy. The story's getting investigated. I know it's sad. Why are there real bullets in a gun? Why are you not taking, you know, if it's a revolver, you know, spin that damn thing, you know, just check the clip, do something. I don't know. Kind of weird story, actually, and I, I'm glad it's getting investigated by what means it's getting to. I mean, that's for the media to deliver to us, and we know how great the media is at delivering the best news possible to our ears. So I don't know, man, but I think it's sad. Rest in peace to the woman that was, you know, murdered on a set. But, man, I heard this is a pretty prominent set, you know, out there in New Mexico and mm-hmm. just – uh. Your thoughts, Sean? I don't know. Uh, it's just one of those things. Don't really know what to say, bro. I mean, I guess, you know, the kind of story they're saying is that the director handed them basically a loaded gun. And that, you know, it's kind of as clear as day is what they're saying. I mean, obviously, they should investigate it. I don't think it's going to be as simple as the way they're expressing it. But just long story short, they said they were, I guess, like, there's like a shooting range nearby, which they were shooting guns and they somehow mixed up the guns or something along the lines of that. But just in general, man, you know, you're you're making a movie, you're you know, spending millions of dollars making a damn movie and you make a mistake like that. Like, I don't know, bro. It's crazy. And that's, that was the start of the show. You know, that was the big actor. That's the big money draw. He's the one who actually killed somebody like. So it's just sad. Just terrible terrible tragic and you just feel bad you feel for that family man it's terrible it is terrible it is and i actually didn't even know that little tidbit that you had on it sean about them being at the little gun range and whatnot and it could be all conspiracy but man Maybe Alec Baldwin had a hit out on her man (laughs) (laughs) nah I'm not going to go there. I'm just playing. But, man, that's that's just that's crazy, dude. That is that is crazy. But like I said, rest in peace. Uh, tragic event. I think this is going to change. Uh, we're going to start seeing the guns like in the old movies that the little flag came out and it said bang or, what you know, there's going to be no, no more. <laughs> You're going to go old school. You're going to go uh Looney Tunes on us. Yeah, the little Looney, yeah, the Looney Tunes, the bang guns with the little flag. But just to, you know, make a little bit of heart uh, light of a sad situation. But nonetheless, like I said, rest in peace and uh, let's move on. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick, quick little break. And on the other side, we are going to return with the sports sections here on the Comic Bookies podcast. Once again, it is Charger Island Comics that brings you guys this and uh, check them out as we'll be right back. And welcome 
welcome back to the Comic Bookies Podcast, episode 130. Once again, as always, we are brought to you by Treasure Island Comics. Hopefully you guys were checking out their Marvel restock that Alex has just gotten there at the shop. So make sure you check him out if you're a big Marvel fan. He got something for you. Let's get into some sports, man. We obviously had an Equinox the other day, the sports Equinox, when you got football lining up with baseball and NBA and hockey and you got EPL and NASCAR and all these damn sports are lining up all on these damn same days. October, you know, Libra season, the best season of the year with these sports going on. All damn day, all damn night, best time to be at the book, best time to be donating your money to the desert. But nonetheless, <laughs> let's get into it, Sean. Here we are after the Los Angeles Dodgers go down. Your beloved Los Angeles Dodgers, Sean, get the whooping from the Atlanta Braves of Georgia. Man, Crazy World Series. We are recording this on Tuesday. You guys are hearing this on Wednesday. But man, Braves uh, take it six to two. They lead the series one zero. Uh, crazy first bat home run, the first swing, first time it's ever happened that the leadoff uh, hitter has uh, led off with a home run in a World Series game. Sean. How do you like it? I know you're pulling for the Braves. I think pretty much all of America is, besides if you're in the south, uh, eastern uh, part of Texas and the Houston Astros, uh, obviously losing by four runs today as the Braves prevail. Your thoughts on the World Series, your thoughts on what led up to this moment, and your thoughts on going forward. Well, maybe not the most popular thing to say, but I am going to give some respect to the Astros, because, you know, Dusty Baker taking over that team after that, you know, little cheating scandal, them getting to five straight ALCSs and I believe a third World Series. I mean, there is a point where they are just good. They are a damn good baseball team, no matter what they did. I don't care what anybody says. You'd be stupid and ignorant to think they suck. They're a great baseball team, and they have a good enough chance to win this World Series just like Atlanta does. Obviously, Atlanta took the first game 6-2. Solaire, like you mentioned, had the Opening, you know, at bat home run of the series. Duval, I think, cracked a homer out there today, too. So just an early start, a good win. Anytime you win on the road, especially in a series of this magnitude, it's monster. Especially the, the opening game. Yeah, man. Opening game when you know it's probably rocking out there in Texas. But on the flip side, you know, to me, game two is always the most important game of a series because you know the moves about to start from your home to their house or vice versa. The Braves got that first game. So, I mean, I think they even more so feel like now we for sure have to win this game because you don't want to lose game two. Even if you took that road game in game one, you don't want to lose your game two thinking, damn, they got that confidence, and now they can go right back and freaking steal a game, a game three in Atlanta. So I think game two to me is always the most important game of the series. Uh, Astros. Already, huh? Jeez. To me, I think it's always. Yeah. I think I think it's all pure momentum. I think it's a huge, huge game. I mean, Atlanta goes up 2-0 on the road. I mean, you're feeling pretty damn good. Again, anything can happen. You know, we've seen 3-0. P teams go lose 4-3. But you know, just looking at it from a, I guess a mindset perspective, this game two is gonna be huge for Atlanta or uh, Atlanta, be even more so Houston. You definitely don't want to go down 0-2, but. 
We'll see, man. I think it's going to be a fun World Series. I don't know how the ratings are going to do because it is, you know, Atlanta and Houston. Not sure how people are going to take it in. You know, you're not going to have your Dodgers. You don't have your Red Sox. I even think the Giants would have been a decent, you know, team to have in there for ratings. But either or, it's the best time of sports. How you mentioned earlier, the Equinox, you know, basketball, football, and of course, not just October baseball, World Series baseball. So, yeah, man, so far, so good. Yeah, and we get the opposite, actually. This is why uh, Mike is actually uh, uh, trailing in our mini contest, because he actually liked the Dodgers against the Red Sox in the World Series, and it's completely opposite. So well, Mike, those not... teams lost to season... – oh, man, lots of uh, AL and NLCS. <laughs> Yeah, so Mr. Michael, I mean, he's not uh, he's not faring too well this year in this. Uh, I think I think his pocketbook needs to his pocket his wallet needs to take a little break uh, pretty soon. But man, yeah, we'll see going forward, man. Uh, minus one sixty to the Braves on the World Series price. I'm seeing here about one plus one thirty one thirty five on the Strohs from Houston, Texas. Sean, who do you like? Not who you want. Don't bet with your heart because we don't ever do that on the Comic Bookie Podcast. That's how you lose money. That's how you lose money. But, I mean, in a weird way, I think the easy thing is, oh, they they don't have Acuna. We'll go Astros. But they haven't had Acuna since, like, midseason, it seems like. And their whole team is just swinging right. They're pitching good. So, you know, not thinking with my heart, but just the way they're playing right now. I love Atlanta. I think Atlanta's going to. Put themselves in a good position. I, yeah, I'm rolling with Atlanta, man. Man, I think so too. I, I just Atlanta's got that. They're pissed off. They were supposed to have the MLB All Star Game, and due to stupid politics that happened, that like I said earlier with the Disney and the ESPN talk, you need to learn how to keep politics out of sports in that manner. And it was because of some. Georgia laws that were doing something with ballots and voting or something, I believe, that the Braves weren't and their, you know, their citizens in that area of Georgia weren't able to experience an MLB All-Star game and the partake in the home run derby and the activity and the glitz and glam that is the MLB All-Star game because of politics got in the way. And, you know, this is Atlanta, the Braves, the fans, the organization and the city, most importantly, giving you the bird and a big F you to Manfred and the MLB saying, look, you don't want to let us host the MLB All-Star game. But you know what we are going to do? We're going to host some damn World Series games, baby. So let's get it. So Atlanta, baby, let's go to win the series. That's who I got my money on, Sean, as well. So we will see what happens. Atlanta Braves up 1-0 right now. Let's go. Tomahawk chop. Sean, Tomahawk. Hey, there he is. Okay, okay. Oh, don't cancel me. Don't cancel (laughs) me. I'm doing the Tomahawk chop. Don't cancel me. But no, no. Let's get into NBA, man. Week one. We are here. We are Warrior fans. We are in the Bay Area. So we are excited as they just take down LaMelo Ball and the Charlotte. No, sorry. It was Oklahoma City. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's because I was talking about they're going to play LaMelo because they're my, playing him coming up. That's my boy game. Bobby's going to that game because I was just talking to him about it. He's coming here for his wedding. He's going to go to the game one of the days before his wedding. 
And uh, he's, I said, oh, you're playing, you're gonna go see Lamelo Ball, okay, yeah. But they played actually the week. I mean, OKC, they ain't nothing to brag about this year, right? So, um, nonetheless, the Warriors are four and zero. Uh, the NBA, I know you're in a you're in a fantasy league, so you probably know way more than what what's been going on. Share your thoughts on Week One, man. Uh, the Bulls, man. Hey, Sorry say it again. Say it again. That's Were exactly a, what I was. Hey, are the say. Bulls back? Hey, are the Bulls back? Are hey, the four no? Four. Hey, you the tell Bulls me, are bro. The, hey, the first time since ninety six, ninety seven. I mean. The team is good. The team is good. They haven't gone and played, you know, your Milwaukee Bucks yet or Miami Heat. To be to be 4-0 obviously is a very, very good thing. But to me, it's winning the games you're supposed to win. That, to me, is almost the most important thing. You see these championship teams, you know, more times than not, they're going to have that winning record against the great teams. But to win those games that you need to win – Chicago is slowly doing it. I mean, look who's in second, the New York Knicks. Look who's in third, the Charlotte Hornets, the top three teams in the East. You're thinking, wow. like, holy crap. I mean, a LaMelo Ball-led team, you know, a sophomore, quote-unquote, in the pros, he's freaking playing so damn good. Miles Bridge is killing it. That New York team, bro, Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker, who would have thought these two you know, older veterans would have been the difference makers. And, you know, they're playing alongside Julius Randle, who's killing it. And, of course, Chicago, which is all those signings, bro. DeRozan, Levine, Vucevic, Lonzo. Bro, it's, it's, it's a nice thing to see, man. Those teams are succeeding, playing really good. And in the West, I mean, you know, 4-0. I don't even trying to brag, but the deepest... Hey. Hey, the deepest, deepest bench in basketball, the Golden State Warriors are looking like one of those teams, man. They're the looking second. like one of those teams. You know, I don't agree with Stephen A. Smith too much, but I cannot agree more. If Clay comes back even half as good as we know he can be and Wiseman has that big leap in his second year, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. And I really mean that because, honestly, Steph is like beyond solidified. He's a superstar. Uh, this team, bro, is unbelievable. Like, the way they're playing right now, they're never out of the game. They can shoot the lights out of a building, and everyone plays their role perfect. Yes, we're just 4-0. Yes, this season's early. I'm not freaking cr- saying crown. I mean, come on now. Still got freaking 78 games. But the way we're playing right now, it definitely is a beautiful thing to see, and it's it gives you an idea of how good I think our team can really be. So... Very, very optimistic. Definitely. And, yeah, I'm excited to see some Warriors. Dude, ah, Steph Curry for MVP, baby, all the God, way. The dude game. is playing out of his mind. He hasn't even completely found his shot yet. He's just growing so much as a player. I can't believe that he's, what, like 34? I'm like, I thought that his date, I thought his better days were, be, were behind him. But this dude, man definitely not behind him like a ponytail dude he, he he's he's still got everything i he's got a couple good years if he's man i'm not even gonna say it let's just move on um anyway i'm excited dude one thing i dude i'm looking at this east we know that the west has been running the east kind of lately you know just mm-hmm. it's been a better conference in general but bro you looking at the back, east right bro. now the East, East it's just, I mean, I don't know how stacked they are, as in 
how good they're going to be outcome in the course of 82 uh, games. Obviously, teams are played three, four games. But, dude, you got the Celtics and the 76ers that are and the Raptors that and the Pacers. They're not even playoffs. I mean, again, what we said there. It's early, but I see what you're going with this. But I'm looking at the top three, the top three standings right now that are three above Milwaukee Bucks. And you got the Hornets, the Knicks, the Bulls at one, you know, and I'm like, those are three up and coming teams. And those used to be teams that I'd say two or three years ago, you kind of like dusted them off, shrugged them off your shoulders. Yeah, they're a little bit better, but they're not anything to reckon with. Right. But now. Now those three teams are actually coming up and they're going to be something to be reckoned with. I think the Bucks that might have a bit of a hangover eventually. I think the Heat that are still going to be good. I think the Wizards might not uh, be as good as, you know, they think that they're going to be. But the Hawks, the Brooklyn Nets going to have to come uh, become better without Kyrie and all the issues that he's got going on. But, man, I'm looking at this East, and I think this is going to be one of the funnest years we've seen in the East in a long time, man. Completely agree, bro. And it's just the star power that you're seeing spread across all these teams. Like you said, you know, you have the teams that we traditionally know they're going to be big. Milwaukee, Miami, even Brooklyn. But these teams, you know, your Chicago Bulls, your New York Knicks, Charlotte, I mean, Atlanta with Trey Young, they're looking really good. Uh, Washington, I'm not sold. I mean, I'm not going to go talk yes. too big about Washington just yet. I mean, they're off to a good start, but Washington, I feel, is going to Washington. Bradley Bill, though, big ups because you're a superstar. But, yeah, it's just good to see, like, you know, the Celtics, they're going to have to stay competitive with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. I mean, y'all two and two right now, again, so early in the season, but – it isn't going to be one of these little just shoo-in. You're going to get in the playoffs guaranteed. One of these good teams is probably not going to make the playoffs, maybe even two of them. So it's going to make for a damn good NBA season for sure. Yeah, and in the West, dude, it might, like I said, I'm talking about the East because I know the West has been crazy lately, you know, but the West is still crazy. You got Sacramento that I believe is an up-and-coming that they're mm-hmm. going to be – you know, a force to reckon with. They played Golden State down to the wire. That was probably the closest game. They could have won that game. Yeah. Yeah. Gold closest Golden State game all year that they've had for themselves. And then you got Portland that we all think is going to be there. We got the Suns that were in the finals last season. We got the, you know, New Orleans Pelicans that are one in three, but, you know, obviously optimistic about their season. Along with all the, you know, the perennial, you know, last couple year teams that have been doing so damn good. And the Warriors, the Jazz, the Mavs, man, this is West is going to be nuts this season. Also, dude, I'm just glad that the Warriors have started off four and oh, because you get a couple (laughs) wins early in this season. And like you said, if Clay can come back right and be I don't I think he'll be better than half as good because he's got that fire in him from being snubbed once again. Let me say let me talk about Stephen A. Smith. How you gonna snub him? How you know, dude? Come on, highest highest uh, point total or second highest point total next to Will, right? Eighty six points in a game. Highest sc- scored quarter, thirty seven points in a quarter, right? What is it like? Three time NBA uh, champion, mm-hmm. five t- five time NBA All Star, uh, scored. The most points, um, 
Yeah, in a quarter, in a game. Dude, I mean, this guy holds records, right? He holds some records that we don't know if, like, are ever going to be, you know, broken. Obviously, records are meant to be broken, but 37 points in a quarter? Bro, like I said, some (laughs) usually, most, dude, I'd say, what, like, 90% of NBA players probably don't even score, like, 37, or maybe not 90, but maybe, like, 70 60 70 percent they don't even score 90 or 37 points in a game in a game oh no you're right it's it's about about 90 it's about 90 percent yeah it's about 90 thank you exactly that they don't for their whole career they don't score 37 points this guy did it in freaking one quarter 12 minutes it's like wow and i was watching that game live not there at the arena obviously but on tv and man i can see why he's kind of upset that he got snubbed like they're showing me they're trying to compare dwight howard oh dwight howard got snubbed tracy mcgrady got snubbed like don't get me wrong bro we can go on and on on a conversation which we will definitely have to save for another day and i'm with you i definitely think clay got snubbed but you know what? There was a lot of players that got snubbed. And it's funny you brought up Dwight because he's one of the first players I would bring up that as much as people think he's a poodle, as much as people kind of know him for how he is in the later part of his career, and it does impact, I think, the way he should be judged in the beginning of his career. I mean, statistically, accolades-wise, shoot, on a, from an individual standpoint, the boy was a dog. He was an absolute monster. But it's what you said, you know, not to say he's deserves it more than Clay because he doesn't. But Clay, you know, obviously Dwight, Tracy McGrady, maybe a Vince Carter, maybe a Grant Hill. I mean, there's just so many, bro. So, no, a fun conversation, definitely. And yeah, I mean, with 75 players and every player that's, you yeah, know, it's so hard, have, man, to pick seven. <laughs> it's so it's definitely so hard. But I mean, like I said, Clay, he holds records, but yeah, it's oh, obvious. Yeah, add fire to the flame, bro. Add it, man. Obviously, sometimes a lot of this stuff comes down to um, what it like a horse and pony show, right? It's kind of like a, a popularity contest is what this stuff like usually comes down to. So. But uh, man, to win the to win the championship, the Brooklyn Nets sitting there in the eighth seed are still your favorites at about two and a half to one. The Lakers, that you know, I just I think this is I think this is funny. I'd never drop money on the Lakers to win the championship this year. I just couldn't do it. The Bucks and the Warriors there at nine to one, man. Suns, Clippers, Jazz, Nuggets, Heat. You're, you're, you got any uh, early odds just for fun, man? Not any serious, but who do you like, man? You like the Bulls at 50 to 1? Uh, I, don't, I don't know if they're a championship team yet because I think when you do look at how good they are, but you do see superstar teams, you get the defending champs. You have Miami, who made the championship two years ago, and you got Brooklyn, which they're just as good as any team. Oh, they're probably better than most teams. So I think Chicago is going to have a really, really hard route. Now you look at the West, you look at like a Warriors type team, even a Phoenix who was great last year. I mean, if the money is on L.A., the Lakers, a team that's aging, I mean, you still got two superstars with LeBron and A.D., to me, that seems like a way easier route than the East. So that's one thing I think that helps the Warriors, actually. You don't need to worry about all these teams that you're going to go up against every game and be an underdog. I think the Warriors, I mean, I, 
I, you know, and that's just talking about the Warriors being biased. I mean, there's a lot of teams I think they can match up good against the Lakers. So if the Lakers is kind of the standard in the West, I think a West team should be kind of like, hey, we got a chance. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, we'll see, man. Uh, give me the Warriors 9-1, dude. If they keep like winning, it. those odds are going to keep going down. And we'll see, though. But, man, for a long shot, I do like, you know, I, I like – the Suns maybe again mm-hmm. to try to get back with uh, Utah, Denver's a yeah. lot of good teams in the West too, man. We'll see. Well, I mean, we'll come back to it. Kind of took a little bit of time, more time than we want on uh, NBA, but let's get into the next sport. Uh, Sean, Shawnee Poo. So, what do you think, man? What do you think about uh, the EPL this weekend? You got anything interesting to say? Uh, well, there was. I think your word was correct. The trouncing. <laughs> uh. I think this week we were able to solidify who the cream of the crop is and who's going to compete, who's going to be there to maybe fight for a Champion League spot, who's going to be fighting maybe for the Europa League spot. But it is Chelsea and Liverpool's title to fight for this season. City's two points behind Chelsea, one point behind Liverpool, and City's always going to City. But, I mean, as a sports fan, as a soccer fan, I do see problems with that team that I don't think they have what it takes to actually win a Premier League title. But Chelsea and Liverpool, they're definitely at the top of the food chain, in my opinion. Yeah, I do see that being, man, I do see that being a really close, you know, contention race going forward. But, man, you still can't sleep on City, man. You really can't sleep mm-hmm. on oh, City. It scares me that City's just kind of there in the hunt. I It surprises me that... Manchester United obviously hasn't gotten it together as much as people thought that just getting Ronaldo was just going to change their whole fate. Me raising my hand, of course, if nobody can see. But, yes, that was me. I thought that they were going to be, you know, much better with adding another Portuguese superstar to, you know, play up there alongside Bruno Fernandes. But obviously that's still yet to see. Not going to count them out yet. You know, Tottenham. Not going to count them out yet, although we know they don't win titles. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, all the Tottenham fans out there. Obviously, a big game at home, you know, against the Red Devils. So, Mike, I'm sure he'll be tuning in for that one. But I, I'm with you, dude. I'm completely with you. I think that Chelsea is going to be really hard to beat, which scares me. I think that. You know, unfortunately, I hate to say it as big of a Reds fan that I am, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is Chelsea's this year, man. They just unless they get injured. But once they got, you know, Lukaku back or he played there already before. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Once he got Lukaku back from uh, Inter and, you know, I I just knew he was going to be a force to be reckoned with. Then you put the American counterpart up there, a number deuce, deuce, Mr. Pulisic, and uh, just uh, Conte, you know, in the back. And it's just, uh, I mean, even the goalie, man, the goalie has just been stepping up. Right, what's his name? Uh, Embry? Em- I, can't, I can't remember there's, his name. There's uh, Kepa, Erez Balaga, and then there's, yeah, Eduard Mendy. Yep. Mendy. Yeah, yeah, Mendy. He was the mm-hmm. one. He had a monster game. I mean, I it was the uh, last week. I forgot who they played, but I saw how like he had a bunch of saves. I think he was like player of the match. And man, 
the dude and I was hoping that they were going to like at least draw that game. So Liverpool, you know, pick up a couple points, pick up a couple, man. You, they they should have picked up that couple against City when they scored one City tied it up, scored two City, got it right back, scored three. Oh, yeah, I just got to hold them off. Skitty out another one ends in a three, three draw. I mean, I just felt like those were points that Liverpool just could have got, should have got, but um, couldn't uh, couldn't pull through, man. Couldn't provide the defense that uh, they needed. So, uh, but yeah, we'll see going forward. Um, Real Madrid in another league in La Liga, they uh, beat uh, Barcelona. I feel like Barcelona has been such an afterthought, in my opinion, since Messi has left. I just feel like... Man, the shine has been taken, in my opinion. Not that I follow this, you know, La Liga closely, really much at all, but you know, I just feel like I did, obviously, and that's why it's so good to have those superstars and you playing for your country. Once they had Ronaldo and Messi, you know, playing in El Clasico, but I just feel like the Clasico, El Clasico, has just uh, lost its luster. Man, did you watch it, Sean? You have any thoughts on it? Kind of winding up our our footy talk here. Uh, watch the highlights of it, and I think what you said is kind of where Barcelona is at right now. They're in ninth place right now in La Liga, but they do have a game in hand, but they're just not that good of a team right now. They still do have some good players, but to think that they're a world-class team, one of those top-of-the-food-chain you know, top team, they're far from that. And, yeah, I don't think they're going to be competing much for a championship or any type of title here in the near future. Atletico is still a good team. Real Sociedad, which actually tied Atletico this past weekend, is in first place right now. Madrid's up there in second in the table. So, no, I feel that Barcelona, just ever since they lost Messi and kind of just direction of that team, man, it's not looking too good. Nope, not looking too good. So, uh, yeah, you guys stay tuned, and uh, let's see what EPL has to offer this weekend, man. A couple big games with Tottenham and Manchester United being the biggest one. Let's get into NASCAR real quick. I don't know how much there is to talk about with NASCAR as we're going to wind down this podcast. kind of getting close to it here. We still got to get to some pigskin, but NASCAR, Kyle Larson wins again. I'm sure Mike is just in, uh, you know, is just rolling over right now because he can't be here to – loathe about his uh, driver winning his ninth race in a row and or not in a row but ninth race of a season but nonetheless Kyle Larson gets it done we mentioned on episode 129 that that's exactly what was going to happen Sean and I specifically saying you know what do you expect's going to happen mile and a half you know Larson starting up front best car I mean I expected it and uh, it happened again obviously they won on a big night yeah. Larson did on uh, the anniversary of uh, the Rick Hendrick's son and a bunch of members of his uh, family and staff and just company, obviously padding, passing away and perishing uh, one night or uh, one day on a flight to Martinsville Speedway, trying to make it to the track, and uh, they didn't make it there. So rest in peace to all of Rick Hendrick's uh, family members and friends that were lost that tragic day. But Kyle Larson gets the win uh, down there and uh, yeah, kind of fun race. I mean, the restarts are really fun. Uh, just uh, the Fords can't get it done. The Chevys have been real strong this year and uh, we go to Martinsville coming up here. Two races left in the season. Obviously, everybody's going to be trying to beat that five car down there in Virginia to try to get the win to propel themselves into the end. The Nat. 
<laughs> the NBA, the NFL. <laughs> Jeez, I'm getting it stuck in between both sports that we're talking about. But uh, nonetheless, uh, they're trying to win this race to try to get down there to uh, Phoenix to win a championship. But uh, for some drivers, it's win and get in. For some, like Hamlin and, uh, you know, Kyle Kyle Bush seems to be kind of on the bubble, but a couple of them aren't safe. You know, DNF, you might be out of it, but, you know, Martinsville, not too high of speed. So even if you get a little crinkle and bend on your car, you can kind of still keep going. So I think these guys are going to be pushing. And uh, what do you think, Sean? You think it's going to be Larson again? Do you think the aspect of it going to a short track and it not being on a cookie cutter mile and a half changes things a bit? And puts a couple other players into the game. Truex being good here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Joey Logano being good here. Although, just I haven't seen him been doing much this year. Him being my driver. I just think that uh, he just doesn't have what it takes. Hopefully he does. But I just don't see it coming out of the Penske organization. Uh, at least in the 22 camp. The 12 might have something this weekend. But uh, really hoping to see some good, just aggressive racing. That's one thing I think the key word for me, just some real aggressive racing. We said last week, what do you expect? We spoke into fruition, freaking Larson. Like, it, it makes it boring. I, mean, I hate it. <laughs> it sucks, you know. But It doesn't suck on the restarts. I mean, the first 10 that, laps. That, exactly. That's the exciting part. Eight That's to exciting, ten laps right. are competitive, and then and it's just Larson, you, know you know, get out there, fresh air, got all the downforce, just uh, no ya. problems with the car. You just, so, it's Larson, hard to not think that he's not going to win this week. I mean, I think, yeah, what you said, actually looking, you know, Truex, you know, he has a good history here. Denny Hamlin has a good history here. You know, it's a couple racers here who can make something happen. I mean, Chase being in second in the – Obviously, playoff standings, we're hoping he can get real aggressive and have a good showing. But, I mean, unfortunately, right now, with nine wins, especially this season alone, I mean, probably Larson. I mean, why even go against the grain? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I think that it being a short track, half mile, I think it obviously changes a lot of the aspect of the race. And I think that, you know, I think that Larson's – I mean, if he can win, you know, four races in a row and finish it with a championship, what a feat, man. What a feat that that guy, you know, and I wouldn't put it beside him that he wouldn't try to go for that. The guy's just been on the tear. And, um, I mean, congratulations to him. Obviously, him being a Northern California kid, Elk Grove, California, a couple, you know, an hour away from us. So uh, even though he's not my driver because I'm, you know, I'm I'm a, a blue oval, not a bow tie fan, but – Nonetheless, I pull for the kid, and uh, if it's not 22, I'd like it to be five. If it's not five, well, I guess it could be the nine, I guess. <laughs> so uh, if it's not 22, let's go Larson, and let's see, um, let's see what uh, what Martinsville has to has in store for this uh, for this race coming up, man. It's the it's the Xfinity 500, and actually Truex is your favorite. Just a tad bit above Larson nice. in a four to one. Larson about four and a half, five to one, and Elliott as well, six to one. I think Elliott's pretty good on points, looking pretty decent. William Byron's been a fool lately. He's been proving me wrong in these races. Eleven to one, Logano eleven to one. But like you said, Truex, he's good here. He's actually a favorite, slightly above Kyle Larson. 
Let's get into some pigskin, guys, to round out the sports as we always do on the Comic Bookies podcast. Guys, man, favorite sport. Every, you know, the fall is here, raining. You guys saw the Sunday night game in the Colts prevailing over the San Francisco 49ers who couldn't get it done coming off their bye week. But that's for another conversation. Just take my money, San Francisco. Just take it. Take it, Shanahan. Take it, Garoppolo, because you guys can't compete after losing three straight and coming off a bye. Shame on you. Shame on shame on that organization and shame on uh, on uh, who the hell's the damn GM, the ex Tampa Bay. He's probably uh, Lynch. John Lynch, Lynch. Yeah. Lynch is Lynch is sobbing for Gruden right now that he, that he can't put some together. No, it has nothing to do with Lynch in the middle of the season. <laughs> but nonetheless, dude, let's get Let's get into it, man. Let's get into our picks, dude. I think I was four and oh. I'm sitting You're at first, two. sir. Yeah, you are good, man. I'm, what a week. I'm starting to get it back together, baby. I'm starting to get it back together. But me with a 4 and 0, bring it all the way back above 500. 12 11 and 1. I'm currently sitting at Sean and Mike. Sean, you want to give them your guys's record from last? Oh, uh, we unfortunately had a 1 in 3 week. Uh for the season total is going to put me in second currently and Miguel is still trailing in third, so just because, you know, Miguel has been in third and we did have the same record, we'll let Mike have the second pick. So, Mark, we'll let you start it off, bro. You get the. Yeah, with Sean, your record, we got to tell the fans, don't try to hide it. You're actually not oh, no, I'm, bad. I'm, yeah, I think I'm at about 500, give or like a, just under 500. Thank God it's only a week, what, seven, six? <laughs> Yeah, Mike has something sitting at six sixteen and two. That gives you something to cringe about, but hopefully he can go four and zero oh with him not being here. He's a little bit at a, at a with him not being here. I'd say he's a little bit at a disadvantage, right? But um, nonetheless, dude, I say let's get into some of these picks, dude. Let's get into our mini contest, as we say, fans. If you guys want to hop in. Just for fun at this point now, I think we're too late into the season for you guys to compete with us because, uh, I mean, I don't know if you're 12, 11 and one that I'm sitting here. You guys can kind of <laughs> maybe start over competing with mine. You know what I mean? But uh, uh, let's let's go here, guys, man. My first pick, since I get to go first, it's going to be, you know, I like what I saw last week. I don't think that they're going to be riding their high horse, hence horse. Um, but I like the Colts here, man. I actually do like the Colts from what I'm seeing, uh, from what I saw. I think that they competed really good. I think that the Niners um, just aren't as good, like Sean said. You know, they said you said that they're just not playing good football, and it's true. And I don't think it's because of lack of preparation. I just you know, or I don't think it's because, um, you know, it's not because of lack of preparation because I'm sure they prepared pretty good. They just couldn't get it done. And, you know, a, a dome team came to soggy Santa Clara and actually, you know, came out of there victorious, which they proved me wrong. And Tennessee Titans, they've been, you know, they've been riding their high horse lately off a couple big wins. And, you know, I think that them going into the, the dome, I think that the Colts coming back home, I think that the plus one and a half, you know, pretty much a pick em game here that I'm getting the line at right now, if anything changes, but yet it's on a Tuesday. 
I'd say that I'm going to take the Colts here to come out victorious pretty much on, you know, the money line. But give me the plus one and a half Indianapolis Colts for my first good choice. I like that. The home dog. Very impressive, sir. And we'll uh, take a look at Mike's picks. I know he sent us his picks. So speaking on behalf of Miguel, Mike will be taking the L.A. Rams at minus 14 and a half against the Houston Texans in Houston. Oh, God. 14 and a half. He's laying the hook, too. There it is. Jeez. Okay. And I'm going to be taking a team that's coming off the bye. I think they're one of the best teams in the AFC with a sophomore quarterback who is on the verge of becoming a superstar. I think the L.A. Chargers are going to cover a a five-and-a-half-point spread against the New England Patriots. Minus five-and-a-half LAC, huh? Yes, sir. Any reason as why you like that? Uh, I just think they're a better football team. I mean, kind of simply put. Coming off a bye, huh? Coming off a bye. That's one thing I'm really big on with some teams. Obviously, you know, it didn't work last week. Can't really prepare for the type of rain the Niners had to go against. But the Chargers, you know, I mean, they're a style team. You know, they're a big passing team. They have so many weapons with Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Eckler's playing some damn good football. And, of course, Herbert, who has just, you know, the perfect skill players for his style of quarterback play. So I think he'll be able to shred the Patriots a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I don't like that line, that ugly five, but um, let's see. I think that uh, Chargers are coming off their bye, and I think they're coming off a loss as well, that ugly loss to, you know, Baltimore. So I think that they'll be able to – I, I I think they'll be able to to probably string together a couple good plays, but man, Belichick, mm-hmm. man, just Belichick. Just, yeah, that's that's the X factor right scheme, there. You know, the guy always wants to scheme some stuff up, doesn't he? But so another pick. It's ugly, you know. I don't like it, and I I mean I don't want to do it to myself, but they can't be this bad. They really can't be this bad. And I don't know if Sean liked them, but I'm going to pick them before you. They can't be this bad. Give me the Niners, minus three, going into Chicago. They have like their bye. They're going on the road. You know, it's a business trip this time. No no effing around. I don't even know the weather report. So, you know, it's what sucks about picking these games and not looking into the weather report on a Tuesday. But nonetheless, <laughs> I'm going to be taking the San Francisco 49ers, man. Do they get Kittle back this week? I don't know. I don't, I don't care. think it's this week, but no, I like that pick. I like that pick, man. Give me the Niners minus three going up against the Bears. I think the Niners, I don't think they're going to lose. I don't think they want to lose, and I hope they don't lose five in a row. So uh, give me the Niners that I got here minus three. And while you have that pen in your hand, I will be given Mike's pick of the Cincinnati Bengals covering a 10-point spread visiting MetLife Stadium against the New York J-E-T-S Jets. Minus 10, Cincy, with that with that nasty, with that pretty good defense, man. I kind of mm-hmm. like I like oh, yeah, offense and defense. Yeah, as long as they stay consistent. No, no, they're a pretty well-rounded team. I think that offensive line is going to be some the key for that team to keep doing what they're doing. But the skill players is good. Joe Burrow's looking like a stud. 
You know, freaking Jamar Chase is looking like a just absolute beast. So, no, I think that's a good pick for Mike. I think the Jets are just a very, very bad football team right now, and they have a lot of figuring it out. It's funny for your pick. You use the line that can't be this bad, and I'm actually going to use it for this team, which I've picked multiple times this season. I think they've won once out of, like, the three or four times I've picked them. But I'm going to say the same thing as Mark. They can't be this bad. And I'm picking the Kansas City Chiefs to cover a 10-point spread at home on Monday Night Football against the New York Giants. No. No. Minus 10? They're finally going to cover? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Finally cover? I'm just hoping they finally win. (laughs) What about you, right? Uh, We're not not playing money line here. You said minus 10. Oh, yeah. What about Danny Dimes? No love for Danny no. Dimes? Uh, not this week. So not, in the week. not in a week where he has to pass. Wow, you're going minus 10, KC, minus mm-hmm. 10, KC. Okay, okay, okay. Let's see here, guys. So going back to the board here, rotation. <laughs> I love how they say it. They got the little <laughs> rotation number, but uh, let me see. You know, I think I am going to go with. It's a tough one. Give me. I wish it was seven. Give me the Green Bay Packers here, guys. There it is. Give me the Green Bay Packers here Thursday night on the road. Going into the dome, but mm-hmm. I think on a short week, give me, you know, Aaron, Aaron Murray, uh, Kyler Murray has been mm-hmm. performing so good. Obviously, MVP talk, MVP candidate, but, you know, don't forget about other MVP, man. That's going to be playing on the other side of that sideline, man. And that's AR 12. So I think that Rogers, he's going to come to play. I think six and a half might be a little bit too many points to give Green Bay. I've seen this too many times. I've seen these games with Aaron Rodgers come down to the two minute drill and him just covering these back doors, doing whatever he has to do. Plus six and a half points is a lot to give one of this future Hall of Famer. Uh, Kyler Murray, he's great. He's good right now, but he ain't a Hall of Famer yet. So give me uh, Green Bay Packers and Mr. Aaron Rodgers on a short week to cover the six-and-a-half-point underdog spread in Phoenix, Arizona. And while you're picking that, writing that down, we're going to give you Mike's third pick of the Buffalo Bills covering a minus 13-and-a-half-point spread against the Miami Dolphins. Now, are we going down the line here on Mike's picks, or is or have we have mm-hmm. picks? Top to bottom. Going from top to bottom, what's available, yep. So this is what he's been wanting. Mm-hmm. He's not having to forego any of his picks. This he's, is exactly, he's getting exactly what he wants so far, yep. Wow. So he's laying lumber, dude. So far, is, Mr. Michael... Is. So far, Mr. Michael Biella is laying 14.5 to the Rams, 13.5, 13.5 to the Bills, right? And 10 to Cincy. If that math 
does me correct, mm-hmm. he's laying 38 combined total points thus far. And, and, he has a four, and he has one more team still. <laughs> he hasn't learned how to bet the NFL yet, man. I mean, with a, with that 6 and 16, come on, Mike. Maybe you shouldn't be laying so much lumber week in and week out. Jeez, 38 points, man. Let's keep it rolling, though, Sean. Who's going to be your third pick? Going uh, I'm going to pick a team that I do still like. Uh, they've been struggling lately, but this NFC team, I think they can still uh, make some noise this year. There's still a lot of season left, and I'm going to take the underdog Carolina Panthers visiting Dome. Panthers plus three. Panthers plus three. You still believe in the Panthers, huh? Yeah, I still like the Panthers. I'm not saying they're, you know, they're a Super Bowl team, but better than what they've been playing, 100%. Okay, okay. I see it in Atlanta in the dome. Man, Atlanta's kind of one of those teams that in my opinion has been kind of coming of age, you know. I don't think that they're obviously not even that good yet, but you know, Kyle Pitts, obviously that great tight end coming out of Florida, you know, the rookie, I think, you know, he's kind of coming a little bit, you know, into form and you know, Stafford or it's not Stafford. Sorry, Matt Ryan isn't trying to be such a statue out there. But uh, I think uh, Atlanta, you know, with their the coach and everything and all the turnaround they've had with that team. I think that, you know, they obviously going to need a new quarterback eventually, but they may be playing a little bit better ball. But you're going to be taking them plus three. I mean, I do like that they're underdogs. And I don't think Atlanta is at the point to be giving three points to anybody, <laughs> maybe one and a half. But, uh, yeah, we'll see, man. ATL, that's Sean's pick. And let's go to my next one, man. Uh, my final fourth and final pick for week. What is this already? Week eight? Mm-hmm. Week eight. Is it week eight already or seven? I think it's week. No, it's uh... seven. No, it's eight. It's eight. eight. It's eight. eight. Yeah, it is eight. Yeah, you're right. Week eight. Man, dude. We wait all year for this, and then it just so comes fast. in. Right. I'm going to take a team from the Mile High City in the Denver Broncos. Uh, they started the season 3-0. and Everyone was talking crap that the teams that they played were, you know, not as good. Uh, but a team that they're playing this week in the Washington football team isn't that much better, guys. And uh, I like uh, Denver to prevail at home. I think that Teddy Bridgewater, if he can stay healthy, if I don't see Drew Locke, I can definitely see Denver covering the three points here. And uh, not that I love it, but I do like it. And I think that this is a decent game for Denver coming back home to kind of get back on the right track. And I'm going to be taking Denver here against the Washington football team for a it's, team that's called the football team. I think they should uh, be a little bit better, but nonetheless, uh, hopefully they lose by more than three points at the mile high club down in Denver, Colorado this week. My pick Denver Broncos minus three guys. Well, this game is definitely going to be a little bit more entertaining because Mike is actually picking the opposite. He's busy. He is picking the Washington football team at plus three. He is, sir. His two picks was going to be the Chiefs, which I picked, and Green Bay, which you picked. So his next selection is the Washington football team at a plus three. Okay. And since you're writing that down, I'm going to get my last pick here for a team that I think they've definitely shown how good they are. And uh, I heard their quarterback is half decent. 
I think uh, they're going up against a team which I don't think is a four and two team. When you see how uh, you know their roster, when you see their quarterback play, they've been you know, been able to sneak out a couple wins. But I think uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to pretty handedly cover a minus five spread in the Superdome versus the Saints. There it is. Oh, okay. The Saints coming off a win Monday night. Uh, yeah, that, that that win wasn't too impressive, in my opinion. Yeah, it definitely Not wasn't too. That's a man. You got two ugly fives on there. Two you ugly fives, man. I do. I, I, was, I, wasn't fan of, I wasn't the fan of the five, but those matchups were kind of hard to pass up on. Man, so you got you got two, three favorites, one dog. Mike going with three favorites, one dog, giving up 35 points collectively. I'm going with two favorites and two dogs. So uh, to wrap it up, ladies and gentlemen, and kind of wrap up the sports, I'm going with the Colts plus one and a half, the Niners minus three, Green Bay plus six and a half, and Denver minus three. Mike plus minus 14 and a half with the Rams, minus 10 with Cincy, minus 13 and a half with the Bills, and he's taking the football team opposite of me. He's taking them plus three against the Denver Broncos. Sean, minus five and a half with the Chargers, minus 10 with KC. He's going two teams out of the AFC West, and also he's going with two teams out of the NFC South. In Atlanta, plus three and minus five with Tampa Bay. Oh, he's taking them, baby. So mm-hmm. let's see, man. Let's see. Let's see how our picks goes. Let's see if we can all keep going on the right track. So if you guys got anything for us, if you guys want to chime in, always get at us at the comic bookies and the comic bookies at gmail.com. It's going to be fun. The season's still young. Remember, it's 17 games now, it's 18 weeks. So we still got a couple weeks to go and enjoy. So uh, this has been the Comic Bookies podcast. This has been episode 130, gone a little bit long, but man, did we have fun. Did we chime in on so much news, so many books, talked about so many stories, so many things coming down the pipeline, gave you guys our picks, talked NBA first week, and if Kyle Larson's going to win mm-hmm. 10 in a row. But nonetheless, man, Sean, take him away on this great night. Episode 130, bro. Always a fun one with my Edmal. Uh, we missed Mike tonight, but hopefully he is back here shortly. Sports, comics, uh, Mike said it best, or Mark said it best. There's just so much down the pipeline. There's so much going on right now uh, from the entertainment aspect to all the books we're reading. Definitely support your local comic book shops like we do ours, Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. Sports-wise, definitely enjoy this Fun, fun field NBA season, which has just started. Of course, the World Series, you know, the EPL, things we didn't even get to touch on yet. College football, NHL season is back. Sharks are off to a good start, four and two. Uh, and yeah, guys, I guess just, you know, keep supporting us like we always, you know, hope you guys do. Take a chance to rate us, listen to us. And again, we'll be back next week, hopefully, full force with Mike back. and. Keep supporting the Comic Bookies podcast, guys. That's right. That's right. And it's that time of season, man, that we just got way too much coming, way too many sports. Like we said, the Equinox, and we try to hit on touch a little bit of the most popular ones and some of our favorites. But let us know always in the comments. Leave us a review. 
five stars. Share this with everybody. Tell them on Halloween. Give them in their goodie bag, in their pillowcase with their candy. Tell them to check out the Comic Bookies podcast. This has been episode 130, guys. As always, I said it so many times. Check out Alex at Treasure Island Comics at TI Comics on all social. He's got whatever you need, and he can find it for you if he can't get it for you or he can order it for you. But nonetheless, man, thank you, Sean. Hopefully, we got Mike back next week for 131. Hopefully, these picks hit. Hopefully, the Warriors keep going undefeated. And the Sharks can get it back on track and that your team and everybody out there that listens to the Comic Bookies podcast can also prevail in their sports world and their comic reading habits. So nonetheless, thank you, guys. This has been episode 130. We love you and always enjoy each other. Remember, enjoy the sports, enjoy the comics and enjoy each other. Peace. Peace. Always enjoy each other. I said a little bit earlier last time. Here we are. Thank you guys. We love you. Let's go. Comic bookies, baby.